98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The Chief Secretary calls US sanctions on four more Hong Kong and mainland officials outrageous and barbaric. The leader of the Civic Party says it would be ridiculous if the central government disqualifies any pan-democratic lawmakers and health experts and politicians around the world have welcomed the announcement of a vaccine that's claimed to be 90% effective against COVID-19. The Chief Secretary Matthew Cheung says sanctions imposed by the United States on four more Hong Kong and mainland officials are unacceptable, outrageous and barbaric. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the sanctions were for their role in implementing Hong Kong's national security law. The four, who include Deputy Police Commissioner Edwina Lau, will be barred from travelling to the U.S. and any U.S.-related assets will be blocked. Mr. Jung said Hong Kong would not be intimidated by such actions. We are doing our job to protect, safeguard Hong Kong and the national security, the nation's security. Absolutely, it is incumbent on Hong Kong officials to do that. Incumbent Hong Kong people to safeguard national security is our obligation. We are obliged to do it. We should do it. So we are not going to be intimidated by any of these actions. Uh, in fact, this is a clearly breaching international practice. Deputy Police Commissioner Edwina Lau says sanctions from the US will not stop the Hong Kong police from doing their job of maintaining national security. She says she's not scared at all and she's proud and honoured to be in charge of the force's national security unit. Another officer sanctioned, Lee Kwai Wah, says he's determined to enforce the law and he's not shaken by the sanctions. The superintendent says he'll continue his job of maintaining national and Hong Kong's security. Civic Party leader Alvin Young says it would be ridiculous if Beijing really ousted any pan-democratic lawmakers. He told RTHK this morning that he trusted their supporters would understand their difficult decision to resign en masse if it really happened. It follows reports Beijing wants to oust four of them for violating their oaths by filibustering LegCo meetings. This includes Mr Young, fellow party members Dennis Kwok and Kwok Ka Ki and Kenneth Leung from the Professionals Guild. Here's Mr Young decided to stay on LegCo in September, we know it's going to be difficult. We thought this is the best way to try to stop any controversial laws from being passed at the legislature. But if any one of us got disqualified, that is to say, the pro-establishment camp can one by one remove us by passing impeachment motions. So this is not a welcoming thing to see. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says given the lawmakers' filibustering of LegCo meetings, there's a need for the mainland authorities to define what it means to uphold the basic law and be loyal to the SAR. He said the MP- MPC Standing Committee might interpret Article 104 of the basic law, which stipulates that public officers must swear allegiance to the SAR. I can see that there may well be a need to define clearly what would constitute not upholding the basic law or being loyal to the Hong Kong SAR in the sense that if you filibuster to the extent that you have, you, you, you then bring to a complete standstill of the operation of the LegCo, then it becomes very difficult for people to accept that you are still upholding the basic law or being loyal to the SAR. An RTHK producer who was charged over her investigations into the July the 21st Yunlong mob attack last year has urged the government not to limit reporters' access to public registries as she appeared in Fanling Court today. 
Bao Choi faces two counts of violating the road traffic ordinance by making false statements when conducting vehicle registration searches. She's accused of falsely declaring that she did the search for traffic and transport-related matters. The case was adjourned to January next year, pending further police investigation. A group of RTHK advisers, RTHK programme staff union members and pro-democracy activists arrived at the court to show solidarity with Miss Choi. She thanked the public for their support and called for reforms. I didn't see any reasons that the government has to restrict the flow of information. A lot of scholars, unions and lawyers, they have expressed their concerns and worries on whether the police is trying to use the law to suppress press freedom and whether the uh, journalists are still free in the future to obtain public information. I will urge the government to listen to the voices and um, opinions in the society. Hong Kong's two power companies, CLP and Hong Kong Electric, are expected to freeze tariffs next year following the fall in oil prices in recent months. Officials are expected to make an announcement in LegCo. Staff at some 80 schools and kindergartens in Diapol will be offered free COVID-19 testing this week following a spate of infections in the district. The Chief Secretary Matthew Cheung said so far around 2,600 people had used mobile stations the government set up in Diapol for free test kits and specimen collection over the past few days. He said the current anti-epidemic measures, such as banning public gatherings of more than four people, will be extended for another week, as the number of local coronavirus cases was rising. Shanghai has quarantined 186 people and tested more than 8,000 after a freight handler at the city's main international airport tested positive for the coronavirus. The city government said it was unclear how the 51-year-old man caught the virus. Health experts and politicians have welcomed the news that an experimental coronavirus vaccine is more than 90% effective in preventing COVID-19 infections. It's developed in the US and Germany by Pfizer and BioNTech. Dr Rajiv Venkaya of Takeda Pharmaceutical Company spoke about the logistical problems of distributing the vaccine. This is a new challenge for us. We've never push this volume of vaccine through a supply chain in such a short period of time. We're accessing populations that don't typically receive vaccines on a regular basis, except perhaps during flu season in some places. And some of the vaccine storage and transportation requirements will necessitate special equipment, like those vaccines that have to be frozen between the time they leave the manufacturing facility to the time they're delivered to the place where they'll be administered to people. Brazil says it suspended clinical trials of a Chinese-developed COVID-19 vaccine after an adverse incident involving a volunteer recipient. It's a setback for Chinese pharmaceutical firm Sinovac Biotech and its Coronavac product. The Public Health Centre coordinating the trials in Brazil expressed surprise at the decision and is investigating. New research suggests people who've survived COVID-19 are at greater risk of psychiatric disorders than people who've had other illnesses. Here's the BBC's Philippa Roxby. Compared with people who've had other illnesses, the Oxford research team found that patients recovering from COVID-19 were roughly twice as likely to develop a psychiatric disorder. Even those who were not ill enough to be admitted to hospital still had a higher risk. The researchers suggest COVID survivors may be consumed with worry about their future health, or it's possible the virus could have a direct effect on the brain. 
harder to explain, was a finding that patients with a psychiatric disorder were 65% more likely to develop COVID-19. China's United Nations ambassador in Geneva has denounced a proposal by Taiwan to send an observer to a meeting of the World Health Organization, calling it illegal and invalid. The United States had urged the WHO to allow Taiwan to attend the World Health Assembly despite Beijing's objections. Taipei attended the annual assembly between 2009 and 2016 as an observer, but Beijing has blocked its participation since the 2016 election of President Tsai Ing-wen, who refuses to acknowledge the island as part of One China. Taiwan has enjoyed strong success fighting the pandemic, with only seven deaths and fewer than 600 confirmed cases. President Trump's campaign team has filed a lawsuit against the state of Pennsylvania alleging its mail-in voting system for the presidential election lacked transparency and verifiability. It seeks an emergency injunction to stop state officials from certifying Joe Biden's victory in Pennsylvania, the success which gave him enough electoral college votes to be certain of victory. The White House and Republican officials have also been giving details of their legal challenges to the result but have again presented no evidence. The White House Press Secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, said President Trump was determined to fight, to fight the election result. This election is not over. Far from it. We have only begun the process of obtaining an accurate, honest vote count. We are fighting for the rights of all Americans who want to have faith and confidence not only in this election, but in the many elections to come. The Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has backed Donald Trump's refusal to concede victory in the presidential election. Mr McConnell said Mr Trump was within his rights to file lawsuits in swing states, adding on the floor of the Senate that a few legal inquiries did not exactly spell the end of the republic. The president has every right to look into allegations and to request recounts under the law. And notably, the Constitution gives no role in this process to wealthy media corporations. The projections and commentary of the press do not get veto power over the legal rights of any citizen, including the President of the United States. The French luxury retailer Hermès has announced plans to build Australia's biggest crocodile farm near the northern city of Darwin. It's part of an expansion of a lucrative global trade in crocodile meat and skin. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. MS and its partners plan to build a reptile farm in northern Australia, capable of housing 50,000 saltwater crocodiles. They bought a former melon and banana plantation near Darwin. The multi-million dollar development would include an egg incubator laboratory, a hatchery and pens for these fearsome predators as they mature. Crocodile skin handbags can sell for thousands of dollars, but some farmers say that profits have been hit by a global oversupply of reptile leather. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,216. That's 200 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $124 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 104.94 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 23 cents. To sports news now, the 2017 Masters champion Sergio Garcia has tested positive for COVID-19 and will miss this year's golf major at Augusta, which tees off on Thursday. Here's the BBC's Ian Carter. 
Garcia has played in every major this century and famously broke his long duck in these grandest events when he claimed a Masters green jacket in 2017 by beating Justin Rose in a playoff at Augusta. But the European Ryder Cup star felt a sore throat and developed a cough during last week's Houston Open where he missed the cut. A test showed that he had COVID-19, although his wife Angela tested negative. Garcia says he'll come back stronger and is already looking forward to the next Masters, which will be back in its usual April date next year. The Masters policy is not to replace players who choose to withdraw, and this year's field is now at 92 players. Tiger Woods will be defending his title. In football news, Manchester United defender Victor Lindelof is one of s several Swedish players to miss their country's friendly in Denmark tomorrow, after new quarantine regulations were introduced by the British government. The BBC's Joe Parsons has more. Five British-based Sweden internationals won't be able to play against Denmark in a friendly in Brombu this Wednesday because of new coronavirus-related quarantine restrictions. On Saturday, the UK government issued a travel ban on non-UK visitors coming from Denmark. The Sweden players, who won't now make the trip, include the Newcastle right-back Emil Kraft and the Manchester United centre-half Victor Lindelof. Denmark have selected an additional nine players in their squad for the friendly and the Nations League matches which follow it because they expect to be without seven British-based players, including the Leicester goalkeeper Kasper Smeichel and the Southampton centre-half Yannick Vestergaard. Next to cricket's Indian Premier League, the sport's most lucrative 2020 competition reaches its climax tonight with the Mumbai Indians defending their title against the Delhi Capitals in this year's final in Dubai. Mumbai are the favourites to win the IPL for the fifth time overall. Here's a preview from the cricket writer Chronic Kashaf. Yeah, in a tournament that has been pretty evenly matched, Mumbai Indians have probably been the most consistent this year and over the years as well. This year, they've not even had captain Rohit Sharma for a few games. And even despite that, they've managed to get the wins out when it's mattered. Part of it is down to just the scouting they did a few years ago that has got them players like Jasprit Bumrah and Hartik Pandya who continue to deliver year after year. And even this year, just everything seemed to work for them. They have incredible depth in their batting. Quinton de Kock has given them great starts. Their local Indian players have really stood up to be counted. Trent Bolt has been excellent in the power play. And there just seems to be this calmness and steadiness to the team. And there was just one game in the NFL today where the New England Patriots have edged the New York Jets by 30 points to 27. To end the news, the top stories once again. The Chief Secretary calls US sanctions on four more Hong Kong and mainland officials outrageous and barbaric. The leader of the Civic Party says it would be ridiculous if the central government disqualifies any pan-democratic lawmakers and health experts and politicians around the world have welcomed the announcement of a vaccine that's claimed to be 90% effective against COVID-19. The news from RTHK. 